Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday. It is September 5th, 2017, and we are going to be reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, Chapter 7, Working with Others, and we're going to begin reading on page 92, the second paragraph. And we're going to read two paragraphs. Well, today's readers are for the 12 steps, Melissa C.K. and the 12 traditions of OA, Deb K. And our readers for the text this morning will be John K., Wendy M., and Ashley P. I have two reference numbers for you today. It's a five-digit number. Now, yesterday, Monday, the 4th of September, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, The share ID number is 10,389. That's 10389. And today, Tuesday, September the 5th for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,391. That is 10391. And I fail to mention that our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations, OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to please start reading the 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. May I be heard? Yes. Okay, this is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much for the opportunity to do service this morning. And thank you, Melissa C.K. I will now ask Deb K. to please read our 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Deb K. calling in from Oregon. I am a recovering compulsive overeater, the 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our group, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself and our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in manners affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service. And thank you, Deb Kay. Okay, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a nice quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
Well, today we're going to resume our study in the big book, and we're on page 92, beginning with paragraph 2, continue to speak of alcoholism, and I'm going to ask John Kay to please begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Janice. Uh, my name is John Kiernan. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. Continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness, a fatal malady. Talk of the conditions of the body and mind which accompany it. Keep his attention focused mainly on your personal experience. Explain that many are doomed who never realize their predicament. Doctors are rightly loath to tell alcoholic patients the whole story until it until unless it will serve some purpose. But you may talk to him about the hopelessness of alcoholism because you offer a solution. You will soon have your friend admitting he has many, if not all, of the traits of the alcoholic. If his own doctor is willing to tell him that he is an alcoholic, he is alcoholic, so much the better. Even though your protege may not entirely have, may not have entirely admitted his condition, he has become very curious to know how you got well. Let him ask you that question if he will. Tell him exactly what happened to you. Stress the spiritual feature freely. If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. He can choose any conception he likes, provided it makes sense to him. The main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. Well, lots of italics there. And uh, I was always taught that italics in the big book are, you know, with Bill's way of going, hey, you, pay attention. <laughs> you know, um, This just lays out, I know what, what I was taught early on in program, probably before I was reading very much of the big book, um, that, that when approaching somebody about program, to keep it on, keep it in the me, as they say. Keep it about what, what um, worked for me, what my problem was. Um, especially, I would, uh, I, I do go out of my way to talk about my denial because a lot of time people are in denial, and I want to make sure I point out what how my denial worked and how I kept saying uh, things. And and when I say I, I actually mean my disease kept whispering in my ear, oh, things aren't that bad, or oh, well, you'll pull it around, et cetera, you know, turn it around. And, and of course, I never did. Or I may have in short periods, but then always back to that pitiful and comprehensible demoralization because I had a disease. This wasn't just a matter like some people in the world where they just ate a little too much, you know, let's say over Christmas, and then they, you know, lose, you know go back to what they're doing. I, this is a lifelong thing for me, and it always will be, and that's one of the things I really always try to mention to them, you know. I keep the focus on me and my disease, but in a way, you know, that I, I sort of get out the things I'd like him or her to think about, especially when it comes to denial. Uh, one thing I, I often do is first ask people if they know anything about OA. You know, do they know anything at all? And if they don't, I ask them, well, do you know anything about AA? You know, and, and a lot of people know at least something about AA, and I ask them what their impressions are. What do they know? Because I want to make sure I know if they have any preconceptions that need to be 
addressed because, you know, some people, uh, and I was one of them, you know, when I first came in. I, I came in as a rabid atheist, and, and I thought y'all were uh, some crazy group of religious nuts, and I need to be able to have a way to, to say that to them. And, and right as it says here in these last two sentences, to let them know you don't have to be, you know, you don't have the one thing I always say is it isn't as important that you believe in any higher power as much as you believe you are the lesser power, which is just I think a restatement of what Bill's saying here. A power greater than yourself means that you're admitting there, that you're a lesser power to something, somebody. And if it's simply in the beginning a matter of other people in a way who are doing it, doing the things you couldn't do, then so be it. I can tell you, for me, I came to a uh, spiritual awakening, as it says in the, in the spiritual awakening, of the educational variety. I do have a belief in a higher power today. I don't always go into that right away because I don't want to scare somebody off. I will talk about me. I will talk about the recovery I've seen. The, the great thing about having 35 years of program, I can tell people I've seen thousands of people recover. Uh, people who could never lose weight or if they did lose weight couldn't hold it. And, and today I do, and I see loads of people with 10, 20, 30 years. And with that, I will pass. Right on time. Thank you. Thank you, John Kay. Okay, we're going to open it up for comments that anyone would like to on page 92, paragraph 2, and continue the first paragraph on page 93. Who would like to start the groups? Carrie S. Carrie. Carrie S. Next. Anybody else? Wendy Wendy. I think I heard Wendy. Did I hear you, yeah. Wendy? Wendy M. Okay. Good. Anybody else? Maureen Z. Morrissey? Maureen. Oh, Maureen. Sorry about that, Maureen. Maureen Z as in zebra? Uh C. C as in cat. Well, I was really close, huh? Okay, <laughs> anybody else? Jenny Oh, I heard somebody B. Elaine. Oh, Elaine B. All right. Anyway, let's take one more. Jennifer H. Very nice and clear. Jennifer H. Okay. Let's go with Carrie S. And then, Wendy, you'll be next. Good morning. This is Carrie S. Recovered in Colorado. And just so humbly grateful to be on the line this morning. Continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness, a fatal malady. So that, that sentence right there, I could talk on for hours, just this idea of the twofold illness. And for me, my eyes and my world really opened up when I ha- finally acknowledged to my core that I had this two-part illness, this mental obsession, this reaction of going back, going back for more, and and this idea that um, it, it's going to kill me. So for me, I couldn't, I have to be able to share with my protege th- this fatal malady, this idea that I'm not going to be present if I continue this, this course of action. I'm not, I can't connect with other people. I, and this program has taught me because of my story, I get to share this plight. I can um, emphasize with this person I'm working with that I know where they've been, and that um, this are the my fellow sufferer. So, um, based on my continued practice of connecting to God, 
and that I know I'm, I am powerless, but I'm not helpless. And, and that I can say with complete conviction, and I love in this reading, the word, they use the word um, emphatically share with your, your person that they don't have to agree with your conception of God. And I love that word emphatic. It, it's to clearly or boldly outline with an affirmative statement. So I have to be passionate about my recovery. And that's, that's the attraction. People will see that I have this thing and I can humbly say to them from my, the depths of my heart that it is a possibility. It's true that we can recover. And so may I pray today to be able to, to have this, this lovely influence over this person there by sharing my, my plight and I can only do it by continuing to grow in my understanding that my conception of God evolves constantly. It gets bigger and bigger as I take these actions. And so I'm very grateful to be on the line. And uh, may everybody keep coming back one day at a time. With that, I pass. And thank you much. Thank you. Um, I even lost my place. Was that Carrie or Wendy? Uh, Wendy M. Wendy M. is coming up. Okay, Wendy, please go ahead. Okay, thanks. This is Wendy M. Recovered in uh, Colorado and so grateful to God for the gift of entire abstinence this morning. Um, And I love this. First of all, the working with others is definitely the highlight for me. Um, It's the exact opposite of who I was before I got to Vision for You a year and a half ago. Working with others, you guys were getting in my way. I'm busy, don't you know? And people are messy. And I don't want to deal with people. They're getting in my way because I need to get my stuff done today. Um, you know, and then I, I, you know, it's a complete transformation. I love working with others. Um, I wish I had even more hours in the day. It's so exciting, you know. And when I first got to program, even OA, I'd go to the department stores and, you know, because my dresses were a lot smaller. And I'd literally show photographs of myself, like, to anyone who would listen. You know, I was just such an evangelist. And then after, um, and then when when I got involved with the vision for you, I, I was, I think I scared people at meetings because I was so enthusiastic about a vision for you. Um, I have to say, after many OA meetings, I would have to go write about it, um, you know, and make some calls. So a couple things here. It says here, um, well, the first thing I love is that somebody said last week, we're powerless over our prospect. I am powerless over this prospect of working with people. It is up to God, and it is up to the individual if they are ready. I would cannot diagnose that. But I love that it's powerless, um, even though there are directions here which are very helpful And I also have written in my margins, avoid the debating society. This is not about me being right and convincing other people. And frankly, when I go to OA meetings today, I have to watch that, the debating society, because sometimes I get confused and think I know what's best. Um, And then the other piece is offer a solution. It's like, are you kidding me? There's a solution to a problem that I've been struggling with for many, many, many years. That's phenomenal information. Um, and and it's it's a relief, and it's also what great news that there's a solution. That that in and of itself is unbelievable. It's extraordinary um, because we've never had one before. 
Um, you know, and uh, the doctor's opinion, I love explaining the doctor's opinion. It says here, talk about the conditions of body and mind. Again, what relief, what great news. I get to share with another human being that when I put the Oreo cookie in my mouth, I can't stop because I have an allergy of the body. This is no longer about willpower. It's no longer about um, just, you know, having high moral ground or something crazy like that. We have a physical allergy. Oh, my God, that is amazing information. That is a relief. It's, and, frankly, when I work with people and we, we talk about this, it is a spiritual experience. This, this is transformative um, to work with people and to go through this. And in terms of God, yeah, God is vast. God is great. And I find that I talk about God as I talk about my story but I don't um, preach at all about it because to me it's self-evident. If you're having this conversation with someone and we're both nodding our heads, God is actively engaged in this conversation and in this experience. And with that, I will pass. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And thank you so much, Maureen C. Okay, Elaine B., it's your turn. Hi, hi, I'm Maureen. Um, that first statement Thanks so really- much for... Go ahead. Her- Oh, actually, who, who just I think she who was just spoke? Yeah, who who just spoke? Maureen. Okay. Did you just speak? You just shared, right? Oh no, no. I'm. I was next up. Oh, oh I'm terribly sorry, boy. I don't know who's next. Yeah. All right. When that was Wendy. See, I'm a I'm a day late. Okay. Here we go. Maureen C. It is your turn. Okay. Um, that first statement, continue to speak of, I say, compulsive overeating as an illness, a fatal malady. Um, you know, of course, I didn't see that early on, um, you know, the illness being uh, fatal until I was actually in the rooms and I witnessed two wonderful men pass away who chose to live in the disease versus living in the solution. And um, I like, you know, what it says, you know, share in the AA book, share what you were like, you know, what happened and what you're like now. And, um, you know, I have, a, I have an illness, compulsive overeating. I've been in, by God's grace, recovery for 22 years, 11 months and some days. And it's only by the grace of God. But when I came in, I, you know, they say it's a three-legged stool. And when I came in, I only had two legs on my stool, which was the emotional and the physical, I came in for the physical like a lot of people did. And the spiritual, I kind of ignored. And the part where it explained, like, if the doctors are rightly loath to tell the compulsive overeater the whole story unless it serves some, cult, you know, some good purpose, I don't know if he told me the whole story, if I would have just imploded. I, you know, I think you, you learn, learn about this disease, you know, when you're ready to learn about If he had told me everything right at that point, um, I just, I don't know what would have happened, but he was, you know, God brought somebody through an employee affair program through my company to say, you know, he was the first time I, he was the first one I told what actually I ate in a day. The first one I was, quote, honest with. They say you have to get honest. So I got honest with him. He didn't know me. And from Adam, I knew I'd probably never see him again. And and I risked, took a risk. And he very nicely said to me, you know, there's a program for that, you know, and he said, you might be interested. He said, if you said you did this, I wouldn't, you know, be recommending this. But he said, you might want to look into this. And just his whole approach, you know, and 
Um, I've not been very successful with sponsoring people, but I do try to share my experience, strength, and hope as best I can in the meeting because, you know, I go to the last statement here about this spiritual part and God's doing for me what I could not do for myself. I mean, all those diets and magazines and looking at pictures and hoping and wishing and, you know, the remorse, what is it, the, you know, the remorse and everything that you wake up with every day and, you know, for all these years now, by God's grace, not to have to wake up with that, to have the willingness to hit my knees, you know, to pray, to do my Bible study, to do the things I need to do um, to keep this recovery going. So I'm just grateful you're here and, you know, it is a three-legged stool. Don't be afraid to add that spiritual piece in because it will solidify your program with a power higher than yourself. So have a great day, everybody. Thank you. And thank you, Maureen C. Okay. Elaine B., it's your turn. Thanks so much for your service, Janice. Um, this is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. So we're on the instructions for Step 12, which is having had a spiritual awakening. As a result of these steps, we try to carry the message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of our affairs. So what is this message? Um, the message is that we can recover <laughs> from a seemingly hopeless disease of mind and body, an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. It's not really that we're evangelists for the spiritual experience of our, you know, the higher power of our choice. It's that we are um, sharing that this hope is possible. And why do I do that? Because as I get my nose in this book and I tell my story, I remember who I am. And I have recovery one more day at a time. Bill Wilson had a problem, I understand, in this for six months, and all the people he tried to sort of evangelize didn't come around until he talked with Dr. Silkworth, who said, well, you know, you, you've kept yourself abstinent by doing this, but why don't you talk about the misery that your um, disease caused you? And you know what? It is a fatal malady. Um, fatal malady and when I look at the the misery that it caused me well I had a sister who was bulimic I had a sister who was hospitalized with anorexia she could have died and I I had a doctor say to me don't you know you're diabetic well of course I wasn't I just didn't know it was a fasting blood sugar that I was supposed to take so boy oh boy did I eat sweets that morning and um, you know thank God thank God and uh, I was spurred on to come into this program with a religious chip on my shoulder because I had some experience um, with a spiritual awakening but it wasn't sufficient to bring about my recovery in this disease but um, you know everybody needs to be open because sometimes we want to be a maximum service to others we're trying to carry the message we don't know at what point they're really willing to accept their own powerlessness whether they're willing to um, to to turn their lives and their will over to the care of a power greater than themselves, to be willing to admit that they need divine intervention. But if I can, um, you know, share with them that I have a story that I identify in, you know, that food had more power over me than anything else, <clears throat> that by the time I came in these rooms, I was carrying more than 100 extra pounds for 20 years that I couldn't get off, you know, and that I was on an intravenous drip of, of sugar by having hard candy in my mouth every time I wasn't eating or sleeping. So, um, and that they too can recover. 
the main thing is they'd be willing to believe in a power greater than themselves and live by spiritual principles. That's our spiritual toolkit. That's the hope that we have. It's not about diets or food plans or the solutions that doctors offer with lap band surgery or every magazine on every stand, um, you know, offers with a new diet, lose 20 pounds quickly, all of these different things, you know. But I don't want to close the door by beginning to say, you know, this God or that church or this belief or that religion or anything else because I don't know what their history is. I don't know what has kept them blocked from a power greater than themselves that would bring um, the solution and the design for living sufficient to bring about recovery. So grateful I found it and that you're here on the line too. And I pass. And thank you, Elaine B. Okay, Jennifer H., I believe. I'm here trying to uh, get unmuted. My name is Jennifer. I am a binge eater, and I uh, am in Atlanta. Uh, I was thinking about just when everybody's been sharing in the reading, uh, when uh, it was said we don't have to agree about the higher power, except that uh, it's not us. And that was uh, that was such a very hard concept for me. I believe that... Uh, Anyone that came into the room had to believe like I did, had to have the same uh, moral principles and uh, practice their faith the same way I did. And, you know, that held me back for so long, held me back for years until I could realize that, you know, who was I to judge God's servant? You know, it was not my place. And um, when I, I really got you know, my brain around that a little bit better. I um I did better. And uh it really it really grew my faith because I I saw that even when I wasn't trying to control things, things were still going pretty well, which was uh you know, pretty interesting to me. Um I also liked uh someone said that we were powerless but not helpless. That's really good because uh, that's true for me. I, I felt helpless a lot, uh, and that was only if um, I was doing uh, exactly in a very controlling way. Um, I I felt powerful that way, but but let me slip on one thing, and I felt like um, I had lost everything, and I've I've grown in that too a lot a lot more. Um, I realized that my, for me, my abstinence now is based on a, a total disclosure. I do not eat anything unless I'm with someone else. And then it just helps me. That's the way that I've found that it keeps me from overeating at night or uh, sneaking food. That uh, I've just, I've made a vow to myself that I will not eat alone. And it's helped tremendously. Um I also want to talk to you about on page 94, if I can pick up my book. Um, the bottom of the page, it says, your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all of the program. And, oh, man, that was just me. Everything we read today, it seems like was me. Um, I gave many reasons why I didn't have to follow all of the program. I know I picked and, and chose and this and that and... All it did was uh, damage me more. When, when I was able to fully give myself to uh, to the program and the things that um, 
or suggested strongly that we do, then I, I did so much better. Um, the reasons I would give why I didn't have to follow all the program was basically I was smarter than anybody else in there, and I really didn't have anything to to learn, which um, didn't make sense because of the state I was in, uh, physically and spiritually. So um, just really good reading. Appreciate it, and appreciate all of the, of the sharing. And uh, that's all. Thank you. And thank you, Jennifer. Okay, just a reminder that we're on page 92, paragraph 2. And page 93, paragraph 1. Who would like to be next? Dorita P. Dorita. Dorita P. Barbara E. Barbara. Barbara E. Anyone else? Joanne M. Joanne. M? M, correct. Thanks. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. Okay, one more for now. Carrie K. Carrie K. Thank you. All right. Dorita P., it is your turn. Thank you, Janice. My name is Dorita P. Um, let me take off speaker. Take off speaker. Okay. My name is Dorita P., uh, Dorita P., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I just wanted to share... Um, so, so I was at um, Walmart yesterday. I was buying laundry detergent, and um, I had an extra coupon, and a lady was looking at the same detergent. And so anyway, I gave her a coupon. She bought one, and she, I guess, felt, felt the need to tell me that she was uh, buying other things uh, for the people in Texas you know, different things for the people who uh, lost everything in Texas. And she said she were she was buying underclothes and different things. And then she said she was buying underclothes for, like, she was she was heavy for full-figure women, or I think that's the word she used. And I said, oh, okay. And so we chatted a minute for about that. And then I said, oh, I used to be, uh, I said, oh, I can understand because I used to be almost 300 pounds. I understand. She was like, really? I was like, yeah. So I kind of turned my back and was kind of finishing the conversation. So then she said, well, how did you do it? I said, uh, I said, OA. Have you ever heard of OA? She said, mm. I said, well, have you ever heard of AA? I said, um, she said, yeah. I said, well, it's like AA. Uh, it's called Overeaters Anonymous. And so to make a long story short, so I showed her my picture and my picture that I was carrying around is kind of tattered after all the years. And so what I did, I took a picture of the picture with my phone. And so I have the picture in my uh, phone and also for people who, um, so my picture that's tattered uh, was me and three other people. So I just took a picture of just me. And so I carried, well, that's in my phone. So I showed her the picture. She was like, wow, that's not you. I said, yeah. So anyway, um, and I didn't talk to her. This paragraph here, the first paragraph on 93 says, when dealing with such a person, you had better use everyday language to describe spiritual principles. There is no use arousing any prejudice he may have uh, against certain theological terms and conceptions about which he may already be confused. 
Don't raise such issues, no matter what your own convictions are. So I told her about two meetings in the Cleveland area. And so she told me that she she does Bible study on one day and then another day, uh, another church activity. Um, so I, I didn't even, you know, I wasn't going to say, talk about God or anything because I didn't want her to say, well, like, what church do you go to? A lot of people ask me what, they just assume I go to church. Uh, so I didn't want to say, you know, I don't go to church or, you know, I didn't want her to have any idea about the God thing and about OA. So I'm just really grateful for this program and that I could share it with people. And then lastly, I'll just say, and how I kind of 12th step people that are in the meetings, whether it be newcomers or old timers that's struggling in the meeting, how, how I try to get them is I always talk about a vision for you. And I say um, a vision for you is, uh, is the most re- is where the most recovery in OA uh, anywhere around the world. So I give them the number and t- tell right. them about a vision for you. Thank you. And with and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> oh, did I hate to do that, especially talking about a vision for you. All right, we have Barbara <laughs> E. from New Jersey. Please, Barbara, go uh, ahead. Hi. Can I be heard? Well, I think I can hear you, Barbara, but I know you can speak a little bit louder. Okay, some, I'll do my. Seems... I'll do. I will do my best. I'm going to. I was because I'm in the car. I oh. don't know who I'm speaking to. If this is Leah, I'm stealing a phrase that you used earlier. It's a ditty that Leah said. You can't teach what you don't know. You can't lead where you won't go. You can't be what you are not. You can't give what you ain't got. I had to type that down because for me, that is absolutely so true. I can't teach what I don't know. And that's the whole thing for me. I am a compulsive overeater. I can speak to the person about the journey that I've taken, and it's been a circuitous one, a bumpy one. I have done it nine times before I got to OA, losing it. I'm the kamikaze dieter. I can lose it, but then I immediately gain it back. So I can speak from my own knowledge, my own tears, to another compulsive overeater. Whether they choose to drink from the river, that's up to them. There's nothing I can do about that. I love being a step sponsor because I love going through the book little by little and yet quickly, uh, really exploring the depths because when I speak to someone, I learn so much from them. I just keep reading it and rereading it over and over again. But before I could do that, I had to be abstinent. You can't teach what you don't know, and you can't lead where you won't go. That's true. That's true. But this is a beautiful program. It's kept me abstinent at my goal weight for 20 of the 21 years. It took me a year to lose it. I've lost probably a 1,000 pounds over the years. Because I started compulsively overeating when I popped out of my mommy, and I'll probably be 
still that compulsive overeater, hopefully, in recovery, um, when I go to my grave. This is such a blessing. Thank you so much for everything you do, everyone out there. I pass. And thank you, Barbara E. Okay, we will go now go to Joanne M. Thank you, Janet. Um, this is Joanne from Texas, and glad to be on the line. I don't usually get to share, so today's a day off for me. So, And I, I love the paragraph because it's, it talks about the simple language that really draws us to each other. And um, I had, like many others, had been in OA for several years and a long, long time. And, you know, but I'm, I'm grateful that I kept coming back and that I was welcomed every time I came back and I, I never left. And so even though I wasn't getting it, quote, getting it, um, I did work through the steps and I had some change in my life and I did have, uh, I, I got firmly onto the path of recovery. And so years and years and years later, I knew where I could go back to. But I'm remembering my first sponsor who asked me about my relationship with a God and I really wasn't looking for that. And he just asked me to, to seek it, just to ask. And I did. And I, I got, um, I was, I I was granted, blessed, graced with just um, a real experience that um, I still shudder about when I go back to to that memory of that morning when I just in prayer said, you know, if you've always been here, why didn't I know that? And it reminds me of a, a phrase somewhere in the big book that said, God doesn't make a difficult work for those who seek him. And so that was my path. And so um, I'm still on that path. And the past few years back in listening to vision and going back to through the big book in a way that I never had before. I'm just really grateful that I stayed because I start to see every word on these pages in a different way than I've ever experienced them before. Um, and that's the miracle of recovery is that we go back over the same material over and over and over again. And through the grace of God, we get insights that we didn't have before. So I just pray that I stay today and that I come back tomorrow And um, because there's really nowhere else for me to go to have this kind of um, this kind of revelation in my life, um, and I'm very grateful for it. Not not one thing in my life is the same since I walked into that first meeting in 1984, and I'm just extremely grateful to everyone. Thanks so much. And thank you so much, Joanne M. Okay, Sherry KB, it's your turn. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service and everyone on the line. Um, so we continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness and a fatal malady. And so what I think of is it says also keep his his attention focused mainly on your personal experience. So, you know, what I think about is I carry this message. I don't carry my message, but I do give my experience, strength, and hope of what it was like for me and how different I am today. And I always talk about how I, I didn't know for a very long time that I had a um, – you know, a twofold illness, that it was a physical allergy of the body and a mental obsession of the mind, and I didn't realize that it wasn't my fault. I thought it was a moral issue. I tell people that a lot, and it does get their attention. Um, and then I tell them that how hopeless I had been um, because I just never thought this would the problem would get solved and that I, that I found a way and I met people where the problem had been solved. And um, and I tell them about this book, um, you know, I tell them how I I got recovered through working the steps, 
And then I talk about how, you know, because I had to believe in a power greater than myself. And um, I don't go into, I use everyday language because um, I don't want to turn off anyone. I want them to be able to identify in with me as far as a spiritual component, you know, just that it's got to be a power greater than themselves. Um, And that I really um, just talk about how doing this work that it was, you know, I had to connect with a power greater than myself in order to recover. Um, I had to go through the step work and um, and how these principles uh, changed my life and how, you know, it wasn't just about the weight. It was, you know, the weight between my ears um, and that, you know, relying on, on self-will. And, um, and I just, you know, I love talking about this book and I do believe it's based on attraction rather than promotion and that, you know, I found the answers in this book, that they were precise directions in this book, and and I got recovered. And so, um, you know, I just, and I tell them, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I couldn't see what I couldn't see. Um, And by doing this work, by doing the steps, um, and living in 10, 11, and 12 is what changed my life. Um, And um, usually they want to know more. And I just, I just, Tell them, you know, get get this book, uh, get a sponsor. I, t- I do tell them about vision. Um, I tell them that vision is a part of OA. Of OA, it's not a part from. It's a part of, and it just happens to be an amazing group of people that have found how to recover. With that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, um, Sherry KB. Okay, Carrie K, it's your turn. Thank you, and thanks to everybody on the line for their shares. I have not been in, in OA for that long. I joined last December, and right before I joined, a couple of months before, I got some of the literature and information by ordering it online, and I was reading, and everything was focused very much on a traditional Judeo-Christian God, or at least that's how I interpreted it. And I am not a believer in the traditional God. And so I, I said right away, well, this program is not for me. But then when December came around and after a week-long episode of just eating everything I could lay my hands on, I became desperate enough to try the program and I went to my first meeting And again, the spiritual side was such a challenge for me. And to be honest, even now, nine months later, it remains a bit of a challenge. However, I have a wonderful sponsor who has worked with me a great deal on finding and defining the right higher power for me. And it hasn't been an easy task for her, and it hasn't been an easy task for me. But knowing that the program allows you to find find your higher power, not everybody else's higher power, is is a huge factor for me. And I I like the idea that you don't push your own beliefs on anyone. You can share your thoughts, you can share your experience. But as someone just said, using everyday more generic like language, so that the to show that the program is for everyone, 
not just those with specific defined religious beliefs. That's really key for me. And defining and finding my higher power, even though different than other people's, even though different than my sponsors, has been such an important journey for me in this program. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Carrie Kay. All right, it's almost that time. Who would like to be the next last speaker for this meeting? Who would like to be the next speaker? Comment. Terry H. Terry H. It's yours. Go ahead, Terry. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. I'm very grateful today. You know, I've been listening uh, a lot. I, ha- I don't have a lot of experience working with others um, as a you know fairly newly recovered compulsive overeater, and I love hearing you know what other people have to say. And you know, all I all I can think of for myself is just um, trying to identify in with the newcomer and sharing my experience, strength, and hope in that area. You know, um, I'm sure I've scared people off because I want to bottle up this recovery and give it to everyone. It's so amazing. Um, And, you know, I have to be patient. I have to um, allow my higher power to lead me in that direction because I don't know what to say most times. I just, you know, go with the very basics, the simplest. You know, hi, my name is Terry, and go from there. And, you know, I just want to be um, open. I want to be honest, you know, and sharing my experience. And and help other people, you know, know that it's okay that they're they're not that much different than anyone else in the rooms because we have that one thing in common, you know, we're all compulsive overeaters, and um, you know we come from different areas, different backgrounds, and we are different people. And I don't have to share about all that. All I have to share about is my experiences and my disease and help them to try to identify and connect and know that they're in the right place. And I'm very grateful for those opportunities. I continue to learn. I continue to grow each day. But the one thing I'm, I'm willing to try and I'm willing to be open. And, and thanks, everyone, for sharing. I pass. Thank you so much, Terry H. Okay, I'd like to just give you the, uh, the five-digit um, share ID for this morning. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,391. That's 10391. I want to thank everyone who has shared. And so now, before we get into our um, uh, newcomers and our sponsors that are available and our announcements, I will now like to close the reading with the reading from the big book um, on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Wendy M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Wendy? Yes. Yeah. Hi, Janice. Thanks. Hi. All right. Here we go. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. 
Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.